The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. RPGbot.news. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. Hey, guys. And today we have a special guest with us, Zoe, RPGbot.contributor. contributor. Hello, hello. I am a new RPGbot contributor. I'm very excited to be part of the team. And I also run the Maniculum podcast, where the medieval world meets D&D. So if you're interested in learning how to build campaigns based off of weird medieval stories, or you just want to hear some cool weird medieval stories, you can find us there. Awesome. And longtime listeners in the show will remember we had Zoe on uh, for the Maniculum podcast. It's a weird word. For the, no, it's a great word, yeah. For the <laughs> Maniculum podcast. Uh, and yeah, it was a great episode. I really enjoyed that. If you didn't listen to it, I suggest going back and listening to it. We had a good time. Absolutely. So, Tyler, what is happening? Well, uh, today we brought Zoe back on the podcast to talk about Vison, which is Free League's uh, mythic Europe, I guess, RPG. Um, so Zoe is, of course, a subject matter expert in a lot of things related to Vison. Um, so we're we're very thrilled to have her on the team to help us understand a lot of these things that most of us don't have any exposure to. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Vison and the recently released mythic Britain and Ireland expansion. Okay, I do have to ask a quick question. So you said the phrase subject matter expert. Uh, does anybody else in their industry call these people schmies? I've never heard that before, but I love it. Go no, away. 100%. No, I, I swear to you, we talk about bringing a schmie in. Yeah, it, it, it's... Really? It's, uh... Yeah. It's like, I need, to, I need somebody to talk about, like, RF propagation. Does anybody here know anything about RF propagation? No, let's get a schmie. Yeah, it's like Peter Pan. Look, you need help with something, you bring in Mr. Schmie. <laughs> I was going to say it sounds like it's from the Smurfs or something. Yeah. yeah. No, Shmeeple and Shmee. Yeah, Shmeeple and Shmee. So, Zoe, you're, you're our Shmee. Welcome. Huzzah. Glad to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, Zoe, tell us about Vison. Am I pronouncing the name correctly? Yes, I believe you are. This has been something that I jump around on. Um, I suppose as the subject matter expert, I do have a background in Latin, Old Norse, Old English, and there's a bazillion ways to say that A-E, so it's spelled uh, V-A-E-S-E-N, so I will probably say Vaisen, Vison, or some combination thereof. Uh, I apologize to the creators. <laughs> I've worked very hard to, uh, to try and pronounce this correctly and have failed miserably every time, uh, but Vison is fantastic it is a nordic turn of the century rpg game and it has of course the mythic britain and ireland expansion and it's sort of 
gothic horror flavored, but instead of the cosmic Lovecraftian styled end of humanity, this is very much uh, more commonplace horror. It's the things lurking in the shadows that just catch your eye. It's the creaking door hinges at night. It's the things that lurk in the dark that you hear in old tales. And now this world is open for you to explore as players and GMs. So when you say turn of the century, are we talking 2001? <laughs> I suppose I should. I should say very specifically what the century is. Yes. It is the turn of the 19th century. So think industrial period, uh, smokestacks billowing everywhere. This is the period of basically the birth of real science right before World War I uh, or the Great War, as they would have called it. This is essentially very Lovecraftian in that this was his era. This is also the era of Conan Doyle. This is the era of, it's a little bit pre-Tolkien, but it's the stories that Tolkien drew from. So essentially, this is the period when people really enjoyed diving back into older myths and writing about them and learning about them. And so that is the period that you are playing in. And so it's the premise is essentially what if those stories weren't just stories? What else is there? Okay, so I'm a player in the game. Where am I going to travel? What kind of people am I going to meet? What kind of adventures am I going to have? So as a player in this game, you are playing as an individual with what is called the sight. This sight is the ability to see something that wants to be invisible. That is to say a vison. A vison is any kind of supernatural creature, particularly that is in Scandinavia, as this is a Nordic Scandinavian game. So the setting is in uh, turn of the 19th century uh, Uppsala in Sweden, but you can explore the rest of Scandinavia as well. So essentially, you as a player have the site, and you come together as a party, as individuals with the site, at the behest of an old strange woman in an asylum named Linnea. And Linnea bestows upon you the keys to a very old castle, and says, hey, I was part of this thing called the Society, who fought Vison. You all have seen the Vison. You know that these things exist, and you know that they're angry now. Go out, protect the country, protect our people, and fight the Vison. And that is the premise of the game. That is what you set out to do as players. So you immediately start off with a castle, which I think is pretty cool to start off with as level one players. <laughs> you already inherit a castle from a creepy old woman, and you essentially take that as your home base, go out into the wilds of Scandinavia, smaller towns, big cities, etc., come back, uh, and essentially monster of the week your way through a campaign. Okay, so the players fight the vison. So what is a vison? Yes, a vison is essentially any one of those weird supernatural creatures that lurk in the dark. And the great part about this setting and this system is that it has a fantastic build a vison system. So vison that you may already be familiar with would include hags, ghosts, um, let's see, rims or lindworms, sort of reaching back into that Nordic heritage and tradition. Uh, funnily enough, the 
Scottish Loch Ness Monster is included in the Mythic Britain and Ireland expansion. So if you want your players to go after the Loch Ness Monster, that is an option available to you. Uh, but essentially, Avice and more broadly is any kind of those supernatural creatures. And going back to this little build device and system, if you wanted to, the book has a system set up for you to bring in any one of your own supernatural creatures. So say you really want to explore Chinese mythological creatures. You can take one from real folklore and bring it in. So this book and the system is all about looking at real folklore and essentially creating a system in which you can interact with those creatures. And it doesn't always have to be fighting. You can negotiate with them. Uh, sometimes the Vison are not actually the enemy. Sometimes people have been antagonizing Vison, and you as the players have to make the moral decision. Will you or will you not act against the Vison or against the local farmer or whoever it is? So there's a lot of subtlety throughout that you can explore when in bison Let, let's get this straight once in a while though nessie was evil right <laughs> i don't know i liked nessie as a kid i wrote little stories about nessie yeah that's 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 what nessie wanted you to do but oh, i guess <laughs> <laughs> no i was gonna ask the question like do all the bison have to be evil and so hearing that there's an idea that sometimes there is compromise and sometimes you can put a twist in the story um i think that makes for really good storytelling Absolutely. And players who are familiar with things like The Witcher who really enjoy Witcher lore, that was the first thing that came to mind for me, because as Geralt in The Witcher, you have to make moral choices about slaying monsters. So this enables players to do a very, very similar thing in a different setting. But essentially, you have to make those decisions and come in as a stranger to a situation learn and understand what the context is going on. I want to ask a little bit more about the, the characters we're playing. So I'm assuming uh, as somebody in turn of that century, Scandinavia, I'm going out with like pitchforks and torches to, to fight these creatures, right? That is certainly an option if you so desire. However, character classes are a little bit more subtle. I think they're a little bit more fun than that. In the Vison world, they are called vocations, and that essentially refers to what kind of background you have as an individual, whether you come from an academic background, you're maybe a doctor, a hunter, a cultist, maybe you're a military officer, a priest, a private detective. These are all options you can do. Vagabond is another option. So essentially, in the secular, non-supernatural world, you have a background that gives you skills, and that is your class or your vocation. and that gives you certain traits, defining features, strengths, and weaknesses that you then play off of and get to explore. Awesome. And then we, we always talk about kind of the three pillars of D&D, &D, which I think really applies to most tabletop, right? There's the role-playing, there's exploration, and then there's actual combat. You know, how do each of these manifest in the world of Vison? I will say that Vison has come across to me as a very narrative-heavy game, which I personally enjoy. I'm not a very combat-heavy GM or player. However, there is a very, very interesting combat system that is involved. So if you do decide to fight a Vison, or if you decide to fight an angry horde of peasants with pitchforks, you know, that's always an option too. There is a combat system, and it does lean more heavily into the Lovecraftian horror element in that there's not HP, there's not really weapons and damage that you're more concerned about are turns. There are turns, there are roles, and there are weapons that you could use. However, 
combat is more based around whether you succeed or fail. And if you fail, you are what is called broken. So you can be physically broken or you can be mentally broken and you can take on conditions. So say you get a mental condition, you're super frightened or something totally wigs you out. If you rack up enough of these conditions, you're just so mentally done that you can't do anything else. It's like hitting zero HP. You're not dead, but you definitely need to get out of there. So there is combat, but combat is more used to stall a vison or keep an enemy at arm's length in order to solve the greater mystery. So it's less of a sword slashing type of RPG and more of a mystery and intrigue RPG. So you mentioned the different vocations. Can you give us a few examples of some of them and like what their focuses are and uh, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So a few vocations that you can choose from include academic, doctor, hunter, occultist, priest, private detective. You can even be a servant if that's interesting to you. And the mythic Britain and Ireland expansion includes even more, such as entertainer, uh, or I think entrepreneur. There's some really interesting ones. And the traits that you can get can further specify your skills. So maybe you're a military medic. Maybe you're a journalist instead of just a writer. Maybe you have a supernatural occult background that's very, very specific. There are also more general feats. So maybe you're famous in a certain area and that can give you an advantage. But those are some of the broader vocation categories and feats or traits that you can specify into now those seem like interesting roles for like people living in this time period what capabilities do those vocations give you for addressing vice like if i'm a if i'm a journalist or a servant or something how does that help me deal with spooky ghosts Plus two quill. <laughs> well, it's Absolutely. mightier than a sword, right? <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Uh, since Vison is so narrative-themed and narrative-heavy, you can gain advantages on checks relating to certain things. So as a doctor, maybe you are very, very good at assessing a wound that a Vison has given. You get advantage on that with your background. Uh, another example would be as an occultist, maybe you see a ritual somebody has set up and, okay, it's a completely botched ritual. It didn't work. Or maybe they were interrupted in the middle of it and were whisked away. Where did they go? Do we have any clues about that? So your background gives you those types of advantages. Uh, and you can also gain advantage from networking and working with other players. That is a major way to gain advantages in this game and gain boosts in proficiency, things like that. Uh, and you can also use, and I really like this, your dark secret. So every player has a dark and terrible secret that they come into with the game. And the GM's job is to work that in. And perhaps it provides conflict or drama. Perhaps it provides advantage or maybe even a condition. Maybe it's not a plus in this situation. Uh, that's up to you. That's up to the GM. But that's definitely something that, can either provide advantage or disadvantage depending on how you roll with it. Nice. I, you, you mentioned the cultist, the idea of like a cultist, like looking and saying, it's like, a, Oh no, this, uh, 
this ritual's gone all wrong. Look at the ichor spatter. Like, this is obviously not what was meant to happen. <laughs> this the is, this is dripping downwards. It's supposed to be going up towards the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> the anti-gravity hadn't even kicked in yet. So what would you say makes Bison uh, unique from other systems? I know you mentioned that it's more of like a narrative-heavy system. Um, but what else uh, do you think that makes it stand out from some of the other systems that people are familiar with, like, fifth edition or maybe call of cthulhu or something like that i would say one of its major strengths and also what makes it very unique is that castle that you get at level one and being a member of the society uh it gives you a lot of being a member of the society gives you a lot of contacts throughout Uppsala, the city itself that you can then go out and both level up the castle itself but also level up your characters and earn traits and earn those feats the castle itself also as you improve it gives you different resources that you can then use it has a garden so maybe you you know grow all the specific herbs henbane or mint or whatever you need for certain rituals the society itself and being a part of the society also allows you to level up so as you play through the campaign you earn XP through going out and doing those mysteries, and then you come back to the castle. And from that big pool of XP, you have your character XP, and then you also have the castle's XP. And that's something that I found really, really unique to Vison itself. I hadn't seen that before, and to be fair, I don't have a broad experience with many RPGs, but that was something that really caught my eye and caught my attention, is that you do get to have a home base and, and play with that and learn that maybe there are people in the city that don't like you as much. So maybe as you level up, there's a breach in the castle's defenses, whether it's a rogue politician who got wind of you or maybe a criminal gang. So there's so many different facets to explore, whether it's going out into the realm of Scandinavia and the wilds of the mythic North versus coming in, staying at home in the castle and basically building up walls to protect yourself. And I found that really, really engaging. So describing like the idea of leveling up the castle and then also describing kind of this idea of like, I have my, my physical tolerance for what I'm experiencing and my mental tolerance for what I'm experiencing. Is there some role of the castle to actually like reduce mental strain or potentially reduce physical strain? There are different things that you can get. So for instance, you can grow the plants and, um, I think there's a mortuary that you can unlock or like an undertaker's room in the basement, things like that. Don't want to go there. <laughs> well, unless you want to, you know, pull back some vase and guts and bring it with you and, you know. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. So in that sense, you can explore it and expand and it gives you advantage on future missions or it can give you better resources. So rather than it leveling up your character that's something that's done more on quests out in the world the castle itself gives you resources that then level you up as you go so i'm i'm a, a gm and i'm trying to put the together this story do is there a bulletin board out front of the castle where people it's like you know somebody stole my apple pie like how do i how do i lead my characters on these adventures great question so again You've got this big, beautiful pool of XP that your characters come back with at the end of their previous mission. And if you are just starting out, then the book gives you some three beautiful missions at the start to go and do before you sit down and create your own. Uh, 
or you can just totally disregard those and start from scratch yourself. But anyway, you've got this big pool of XP, and anytime they want to spend that XP, they level up a section of the castle, but there's also what is known as a threat. And a threat can come in, again, maybe it's a rogue politician, or maybe it's a rumor that comes in. Vison provides tables giving you ideas, and from those, the mysteries tend to build themselves out. Or, again, you have this big, beautiful bestiary in the middle of Vison, and you can flip through, pick a monster, pick a rumor, pick a letter that arrives, whatever you want to do, and build the mystery out from there. There's a beautiful system at the back of the book for explaining how to build out an adventure. So I, I want to ask two questions. Uh, I'm a person, I'm hearing this, I'm excited. What are what are the things that I'm probably into if I'm going to love Vison? Who's Vison for? Ooh, good question. Well, the most obvious one is if you enjoyed The Witcher, you will definitely enjoy Vison. I will also say that if you've enjoyed Sabriel by Garth Nix, it's been one of my favorite books for a long time, you will like it. Uh, funnily enough, the Banner Saga, I think, fits right in, especially its soundtrack gives the same sort of vibe to me. If you are familiar with that sort of turn of the century literature, if you like anything by uh, William Yates, Hans Christian Andersen, Conan Doyle, if you like any of those, you will absolutely love this. Uh, Sweeney Todd, any of those big literary figures of this period, you will love Bison. I will also say if you have any interest at all in supernatural lore and mystery, or if you grew up with those folk tales and you kind of want to feel like you're returning home to them, I would highly encourage you to check out Vison. To me, as someone who grew up and then turned my love of folk tales into a career, this felt like coming home more so than probably any of my years in university did. I just felt so nostalgic. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels like this game was actually made for you. So I'm oh, yeah. Glad. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're someone in academia, play this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. And and right, it was perfect to have you uh writing a review for this for RPG Bot. So we'll have a link in the show notes to point to that article. So if you want to read more about it, you'd absolutely be able to do that. Um part of the reason we're talking about it is that the Mythic Britain and Ireland expansion just came out. So let's have another supposition. I'm a person who enjoyed Vison. Uh why do I want the Mythic Britain and Ireland expansion? Oh my goodness. You will want it not only because it includes a whole new bestiary, it includes new vocations you can choose from, new traits and feats that you can expand upon. All of that is included. There's also three new mysteries at the back, so you don't have to cobble it together for yourself anymore. You can go through the book itself and enjoy it. But what I love is that you can pick yourself up from the castle and have your players travel over to the British Isles and the society exists in the British Isles as well. And unlike the society in Uppsala, the society in the British Isles is thriving. So when you arrive, there is already a society that exists. It's there. It has members that you can interact with. It has a butler for you for your beck and call to explore in downtown London. Nice. And What's more, as you explore and as you interact with the society there, you can go out to 
landmarks and major cities across England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and essentially see legendary creatures of lore that perhaps you're more familiar with since Scandinavian lore, especially for an American or English-speaking audience, might not be as familiar, but you will recognize these creatures or you will recognize these tropes, things like that. What's more, and something that I really enjoyed, is that they decided to include real and fictional people from history. Okay. So pull up a few that I really enjoyed. I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling my brain right now, trying to remember the quote from uh, Monty Python. So, you know, it's like, women distributing swords from lakes is not... Not a reasonable system of government. Exactly. Oh uh, let's see, here we go. You can interact with individuals like Sweeney Todd, uh, Conan Doyle himself, or Sherlock Holmes, Ada Lovelace, all these grand fictional characters that you're familiar with, you can bring into the game. They're already a part of it. And what's more, you'll also recognize members of the society throughout history, such as John Dee, who is Queen Elizabeth's court magician, or Sir Walter Raleigh. You might be familiar with him as a pirate, Sir Francis Drake. You might recognize from the Uncharted series, he's also a member of the society uh, in history. So there's a grand, wonderful heritage there that you can explore uh, and get to know. And so you've got fictional people to look out for on the streets. You've got real historical figures. You've got new Vison to encounter. You have legendary Vison to encounter throughout all of the aisles. And one of the more interesting things is that it has a distinctly different feel. So the mythic North can get a little gloomy. It can get a little dour. You might be expecting a Draugr or a troll over the horizon of the next hill, but Vison in Ireland and England, Wales, Scotland is a little perkier. It's a little brighter. The society is thriving and you can actually get swept off by the Fae. The other world is a realm that you can now adventure to as a part nice. of the mythic Britain and Ireland expansion. I'm going to ask a question uh, to appeal to your mythology. You're in a mythology nerd. Um, uh, where would you like the, the bison to go next if they keep doing expansions? Like, is there any sort of mythology or maybe time period that you think they would be really well suited to this kind of system and setting? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, every culture has such a vast, beautiful collection of myths and history. I would be very interested in seeing the same turn of the century setting, but in the sort of manifest destiny America mm. and see maybe a Wendigo come to life or have a train heist, something like that. A lot of the Native American myth can come out. That would be super interesting. There's also a lot going on historically in India and China at this time with British colonization. So seeing that kind of cultural conflict could be really, really interesting to explore. Uh, those are the two that come to mind. Uh, we also have a wonderful wealth of folklore from Russia that has been well written out. So that would be another way to go with it. Uh, but honestly, anywhere. I'd love to see this anywhere. <laughs> and that is one of the cool parts about Vice, that you can go anywhere with it. 
because of its incredible build device system. And I say build device and they have a much more eloquent way of putting it, but <laughs> it gets the point across in a, in a very succinct way. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually thinking about like American gods. Oh yeah. Definitely. I was actually, uh, I was actually thinking this would be very good in, in, in sort of a weird West setting. So I've, I think it's funny that you oh. mentioned that it gives me deadlands vibes. Um, I think that's what it's called. It's like the, the tabletop, game that deals with uh you know supernatural meets wild west sort of thing so oh, yeah. i think that could be a really cool setting for life. yeah that would be super neat so you mentioned like the one of the big differences between core vison and mythic britain and ireland is that in in britain ireland the society is thriving whereas in like the core the vison core rulebook you're very much like picking up the scraps of something that once was great. Mm-hmm. So it feels like in a way, the core rule book, like you start mostly from scratch, mostly from remnants, you build yourself up, you build yourself up. Uh, Mythic Britain and Ireland comes along by then, like you as players are probably experienced, you know what you're doing. The game itself has kind of leveled up. Um, so you move into that new expansion where the rules are a little bit different. You you have peers that you can interact with in a lot of ways. Um, somehow Sherlock Holmes has not solved the Sweeney Todd issue, which <laughs> yeah, or the Jack <laughs> one. And, and Conan Doyle hasn't told him anything about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the idea of a future expansion where you go to any of those places you folks suggested. That would be really neat. Like, basically, you are now a well-established member of the society, well-respected among your peers, and then people say, like, hey, uh, there's this new place where the society doesn't exist. You should go set us up out there. That's a perfect add-on. That's a perfect expansion. If they're looking for writers, I highly volunteer myself but (laughs) (laughs) hear that free league (laughs) get on it write this down write this down (laughs) no precisely it would be a beautiful expansion and honestly whether or not free league decides to build another expansion for vice and the system itself is so beautifully intertwined with real history it's easy enough for DMs and players, particularly experienced ones, but as you move along and get comfortable with Bison system, anybody really can build on it. And if you wanted to go explore, you know, the wilds of India or China or the wild west of the Americas, that's available to you. And perhaps not written into the system, but in the theater of the mind, in the imagination, why not? Bison opens the doors to all of that. And that's one of the things I love about this game. All right. So I guess I want to ask the question, is it a fun game? I would say absolutely. I had so much fun flipping through it and playing with it and experimenting with it, learning, you know, how to build a vice in myself. It's like, oh, wow, I can just take anything from any folklore I've read. And trust me, folks, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which one, which one? <laughs> It's like, okay, we're only going to play for 12 hours, so I need to limit this to... Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for a player coming into the game, like, does it feel fairly forgiving? Like, you know, for instance, we've talked to Merc Borg, where Merc Borg just bring five character sheets and you can play. You know, is it is it fairly forgiving? Should you have an expectation that, like, I really need to think about how I build this character? Or can you really just get in and have some fun? 
As a player, you can definitely jump in and just have some fun. I will say the more you lean into creating your character narratively, the more you're going to enjoy it. Again, if you're here for a hack and slash game, this is less for you. Uh, From a DM's perspective, I would suggest reading the book all the way through. And Vice in itself does suggest that. And it suggests that players flip through, get comfortable with the first section of the book. And then after that, you know, there's the the DMs only section. (laughs) So step aside, step aside. Precisely. Uh, But for a DM, go ahead and read it. And hopefully as a DM, if you're very interested in this, it's a fun read anyway. It feels like you're flipping through an old book that you picked off of, you know, some old shelf somewhere in a castle, essentially. So do enjoy reading through it. But if you're a player, especially if you're a new player, get in for the fun of it. It's not difficult. You pick out your vocation. You pick out an age you want your character to be. You pick out the traits that you want to have. And you're set, essentially. Pick your traumatic backstory. I'm not kidding. You pick a traumatic backstory. <laughs> I love because that is what gives you the sight. So you. Like all the players are just looking around, gesturing at the open air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, you've, you pick your traumatic backstory and you pick your little dark secret and you're good to go. Yeah, there's, there's not too much that you need to do as a, uh, as a player. So we've said a lot of absolutely wonderful things about Vison and Mythic Britain Ireland. Have you had any pain points with the game? Any difficulties? The initiative system is a little bit weird to me. Uh, combat took me a moment to wrap my head around only because I think I'm not very intuitive with combat systems. Anyone who is very familiar and comfortable with RPG combat systems will pick it up no problem. Someone who is a new DM might want to just read through it a couple times, understand it a little bit better. The initiative system uses cards rather than a die, which felt a little strange to me. It felt like a a strange add-on. They offer a beautiful deck of cards that you can use for initiative that has incredible illustrations of all the bison on them so if you want to go that route they're beautiful if not any old deck of cards will absolutely do the only other thing that i saw as a pain point aside from again if you want hack and slash this is not your game but the only other issue that i saw was that players who are not as much of a fan of the society premise might be caught a little bit off guard because you don't expect to be given a castle on day one so that might come as a little bit of a shock especially for players who do enjoy wandering meandering not really having a home but again that's one of those things that i found really endearing and i love about the system so a little bit of a warning on that one but otherwise yeah it's a fantastic well-rounded well-built game awesome well thank you very much uh, we will have links in the show notes, so if folks want to go find Vison, uh, they can pick up a Vison by clicking the link. Uh, thank you so much, Joey, for being with us today. Always glad to be here. Absolutely. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for sourcebooks and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on rpgbot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. I'm hearing weird noises outside my office. I think I might have a bison. You better get the milk out.